5: Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Edward G. Robinson stars as crusading newspaper editor Steve Wilson on Big Town from 1937. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular one-hit wonder songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Brett and I will try to name that tune. Right,
6: Lisa? That's right. We have Brett on the phone from Houston. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett.
4: Hello, Lisa and Carl. Hey, how are you? I'm feeling great. The Astros got a win today over the White Sox. All right,
5: there (laughs) you go.
4: Way to go. Are you
6: a fan of the show or one-hit wonders or both?
4: I'm a fan of everything you could throw at me.
6: <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good one. <laughs> well, I've got some one-hit wonders here. You sound young, but uh, hopefully you know some of these songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s. And um, I'm going to play a clip from a song, and as soon as you know the title, just shout it out. All right. Hey, okay, Brett?
5: Can do. I'm All an righty. old soul. I'm right. sorry. Okay. He, he said he's an old soul. Oh, gotcha. He's young, but he's an old soul.
6: Gotcha. All right, here is the first song.
5: Hit me with your best shot.
6: <laughs> no. Oh.
4: <laughs> Jenny, Jenny. Eight six seven five three zero nine.
6: I think you got that yeah. one. You're absolutely right. right. I don't know. When I was growing up, we used to actually dial that number eight yeah. six seven five three zero nine. I yeah. wonder what what, what happened. What
4: happened to, when you dialed that number, did you get a real person?
6: You know, it was so many years ago, Fred. I don't know. You should try it right now when we get <laughs> off the phone. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm I'm busy with a trivia contest right now. Miss. Well,
6: same. <laughs> Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, Right, this is Tommy Tutone. Oh, right. It peaked at number one on the charts in April of 1982. Yeah. And I, I guess if you call that number, you should just ask for Jenny. I guess. See what happens. All right. Great tune. Good job, Brett's on the board All right, here. Brett is. Here is the next song. It's leading. from 1979.
5: radio ho- star. It go
4: kill the radio star. <laughs> Brett got it. <laughs> That's
6: exactly right. Way to go,
5: Brett. Wow.
6: Are you are a one-hit wonder, Brett. That is right. Kill the radio star, the Buggles. The ninth, Buggles. The Buggles. 1979. It was the first music video shown on MTV yeah. in the United States. It aired at 12.01 a.m. on August 1st of 1981. Do you remember that, wow. Brett?
4: Wow. Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm familiar with the Ben Folds 5 version. Have you, are you familiar with Ben Folds? No.
6: I know Ben Folds, but I don't really know this ver- his version of this song.
5: So he didn't stay in the card game, he folded? You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him. <laughs> That's Kenny Rogers for you. <laughs> wow, Brett knows his one-hit That's wonders. That's right. Jeez. The Star. Radio the it sounds radio like a 70s star. song. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. All right.
6: Here we go. Here's All the right. next song. 1969. Oh,
5: honey, honey, you are my candy, candy girl. girl nope.
6: And you got me wanting you. Come on, Brett. Sugar, sugar. Yes. That's it, the
5: Archies. Oh, yeah, the
6: Archies. That's right. Originally recorded by the cartoon band, the Archies. Did you used to watch yeah. the Archies, Brett? Mm.
5: Brett, did you watch the Archies? He's too young.
6: Did you watch that?
5: No, I'll be, I'll
4: be honest with you, Carl. I did, I did not know this one. Yeah.
6: Do you, sugar, does sugar. it sound familiar to you now?
4: Uh, on a blank, Lisa.
6: <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. This was an older one. <laughs> well, there was a cartoon called The Archie. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I grew up with the Archie.
4: It's like you open the bazooka bubblegum, gum, you get a little comic with yes, the. Yeah, that's exactly right, right.
6: That's exactly right. Are you a bazooka wow. fan?
4: I, I, I chewed bubblegum when I was a high school baseball player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
6: All right. Better than
4: the other stuff, you know.
6: <laughs> That's, That's right. That's true. Very true. That's true. It's all relative. All right, here's the next song, 1972. Got on board a westbound 7.
4: Well, it ooh, never seven, rains in southern California. He's got really. it. Wow,
6: Brett. That's exactly right. It never rains it in southern California man, by Albert Hammond. I am really impressed. Me too.
5: Wow.
4: <laughs> well, I in southern california but i'm very familiar with the climate
5: yeah oh. I'm sure being in houston so is similar. that true
6: brett does it never rain in southern california
5: no it's been raining there lately right myself, but i have heard tell I've right.
4: rumors about the climate
5: <laughs> yeah it's it's been raining there a lot lately
6: i've heard tell too
5: yeah well brett's up three to one or four to one. How many did we I do so I think you far? only
6: had one. So he's got um, one, two, four, and you have one. We have, four to one. We have two to go. Oh, I can't even. All tell right. Um, this A is very a...
5: competitive person. Oh, <laughs> it's,
6: I can tell. <laughs> I've heard tell about that. Okay, next song, 1974.
4: Listen, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I know I'm hooked on a feeling right yes. now. Wow Yeah,
6: how did you it's know that one? Yeah.
4: Well, Guardians I'm of, the, of the, the Galaxy. Galaxy. Chris Pratt is my favorite actor.
5: Wow. Wow.
6: That's right. Hooked on a feeling. This is Blue suede from 1974. This version reached number one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm high on believing. <laughs> You're a good singer too,
5: Brad. Yeah, he'd he's give me a run for my money. it's right. saying, you know.
6: We sing a lot on this show, that you are wow, welcome to Brad. join in anytime. He's got five, and I only
4: have one. I was in the ensemble of the musical Bye Bye Birdie in high
6: school. Oh wow! Okay. All right, last one. All right, last one. This is my favorite, 1976. My motto's always been When it's right, it's right Afternoon Delight Yes oh, Waiting
4: in the middle Of the cold, dark night Afternoon Delight I've seen Anchorman <laughs>
6: Yes! That's exactly right 1976's Afternoon Delight Starland vocal, vocal band always gonna be there anyway Wow, you wow. do have a voice
4: just
5: there, just Brett. a all right, Brett got five and I got two. Strap. All right, Brett, you did a great job. We got to run, but you did an awesome Brett, job. thank you so much for I'm calling in. I'm going some CDs. Oh,
4: I'm big fans. Please keep up the work that you're doing. You're making people real happy on Saturday thank night. You, so thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, I'm making them happy, so too. so
5: much. When we come back, it is big town. Stick around. this
3: so I always thought
0: more Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic
5: radio on Hollywood 360. All right, we're going to tune into Big Town. This was a newspaper drama, Lisa. that starred Edward G. Robinson as crusading newspaper editor Steve Wilson. From 1937 until 1942, and Claire Trevor, so two big movie stars, she co-starred as society editor Lorelei Kilbourne, and Big Town, at its peak, was the highest-rated drama on radio, and that's because you had two major movie stars appearing on radio each week. A little later, Edward Paulie and Ona Munson, later Fran Carlin, played the roles, and that lasted until 1952. There was a TV version... That starred Mark Stevens and Trudy Rowe, which aired from 1950 until 1956. So, very popular series. This is a 1937 broadcast, November 30th to be exact. This is called The Parole Racket Exposure. Here's part one now of Big Town.
7: From Hollywood, California, the makers of Rinso, America's biggest-selling packaged soap, present the dramatic expose, Big Town, starring Edward G. Robinson with Claire Trevor. Big Town, the city in which the rackets are exposed, is a fictitious city. All the characters and all the places named in Big Town are fictitious. Any similarity to living persons or places is purely accidental. Big Town's largest newspaper is the Illustrated Press. And Steve Wilson, the managing editor, is played by Edward G. Robinson. Lorelei, the society editor, is played by Claire Trevor. We take up our story of Big Town in Steve's private office in the Illustrated Press. For hours, the telegraph wires have been busy bringing startling news. News that brings fear to the hearts of law-abiding citizens. Steve Wilson, furious with indignation, thrusts a copy of the Illustrated Press under Lorelei's nose.
1: There it is. There's a headline that'll boost circulation, Lorelei. But I'd sleep better tonight if I hadn't had to print it. Go on, look at it. Read it.
8: Let's see. Um, tinny boys rob bank, slave three. Oh, Steve, that's awful.
1: You bet your life it's awful. That crime should never have happened. I don't follow you, Steve. Why not? Why not? Because the Tinny boys have been operating in and out of this state for the last ten years. Those two boys are the toughest cutthroats that ever roamed at large in this, our sovereign state.
8: Steve, I thought the two Tinney brothers were in the penitentiary. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm getting at. They were in the penitentiary. They sent up three times. Just a year ago last month, they were sent to Fulton Penitentiary with a five- to 25-year rap, staring them in the face. Did they escape, Steve? No. Slipped right through somebody's itchy fingers, might be a better way to put it. I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. Well, read my editorial. Here.
8: Let's see parole system commits three more murders today by proxy.
1: That's what I mean when I say this crime should never have happened. Oh. The Tinney boys shouldn't be out of the penitentiary. And they wouldn't be if it weren't for the way our parole board operates. These men are hardened criminals, bank robbers and killers. They spend their lives proving that they're incurable enemies of society. They were sent last year to Fulton State Penitentiary to serve a term of not less than five years. You know how much time they did? Eleven months.
8: Not even a year.
1: That's right, Lorelei, not even a year. Our noble parole board just couldn't stomach the thought of these two free souls being under lock and key. It was just too confining for two boys who were so used to roaming around.
8: Steve, do you mean that our parole board is composed of
1: fools? Composed of fools or knaves? And, and Lorelei, I'm going to find out which.
8: Well, you're gunning for big game when you go after the parole board, Steve. Those men are the big shots in politics.
1: (laughs) Well, who cares? Oh, yes, uh, Miss Foster?
3: There's a Mrs. Stephenson in the office to see you, Mr. Wilson. She says it's very important.
1: Well, what's the business? What you want? Well,
3: she says that it's... Oh, wait, just a minute. You can't go in there. Wait. Oh, I'll wait. Mr. Wilson. Oh, Mr. Wilson, I'm so sorry. She just burst past me through the door.
1: Oh, well, that's all right, Miss Foster. I'll take care of it. What is it you want, Mr. Stephenson?
3: I want to see you alone, Mr. Wilson, please. Just for a few minutes. Well, what about? My boy Carl. I'll go, Steve.
1: Oh, no, 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 Lorelai. You stay here. Oh, uh, this is Miss Lorelei, my ace reporter, Stephenson. How do you do? Anything you say will be held in strict confidence.
3: My boy's in prison, Mr. Wilson. Oh, but he's a good boy. He's not a killer like those boys you told about today in the paper. Yeah? He never did any willful wrong in his whole life. He just made one slip.
1: Oh, but I, I don't understand, Mrs. Stephenson. What can I do?
3: My boy was sentenced to serve from one to ten years. He can't get a parole. I've tried everything I know. Mr. Wilson, those gangsters, those tinny boys, they got right out.
1: That's right.
3: And when I read your editorial about the parole board, I thought maybe you might help me.
1: Well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Stephenson, but if you read all of my editorial, you know that it's my theory that all confirmed criminals should serve their sentences in the penitentiary. Oh,
3: wait, Mr. Wilson. You say in your editorial that you want to know what's wrong with the parole board. Yes? I think I know. My boy can't even get a hearing on his application. Look, here it is. There are 2,000 signatures on this application, Mr. Wilson. Friends and neighbors, reputable citizens who have always lived in this state. They know my boy. Do you mean to say that the parole board refused to consider this petition? Yes, miss. They refused even after Warden Langford himself recommended my boy for parole.
9: That's strange.
3: Oh, Mr. Wilson.
9: Carl is a good boy. He was just an obedient
1: employee. Well, now, uh, look here, Mrs. Stephenson. Uh, uh, Tell me, what business was your boy in?
3: He was the head accountant for the big town building and Loan Society. On well, the Beringer case. Yes, Mr. Beringer was president of the company.
1: Your son was mixed up in that deal?
3: Yes, Mr. Wilson. Oh, but Carl didn't take any of the money. Mr. Beringer came in one day and told Carl that the examiner was coming around and that if Carl didn't fix up the books, the company would go to the wall.
1: Oh, I see.
3: Mr. Beringer said that if they could just get by the examiner that month... Yes. ...his investment would make up the deficit.
1: Oh, I understand, yes.
3: Mr. Wilson, I've been a dressmaker since my husband died. We'd saved our money. Hmm. Everything we had was in the Building and Loan Society. All our friends, everybody in the community lost their savings in the big town building and loan. Oh, you'd have done the same thing that Carl did.
1: Yeah, you're probably right at that, uh, Mrs. Stephenson. But in the face of all this, I can't understand why they haven't given you a hearing.
3: I'm told, Mr. Wilson, that there is a way to do this. But it's not my way.
1: Well, just, uh, just what do you mean by that?
3: To buy his way out.
1: Now, look here. That's a serious charge. Have you anything to substantiate it?
3: Just this. When he was first put in prison, Carl was in the same cell with a man who'd been in prison several times before. Yeah? Well, this man got out within a few months. Mm Mm-hmm. He, he liked Carl and told him to call on him if he ever needed any help. Yeah. So Carl got told me to get in touch with him. I wrote him a letter. And here is his answer. Read it, Mr. Wilson. Oh, don't cry.
1: Uh, dear Mrs. Stephenson, about Carl's parole, don't you worry. Here's what you do go to most any criminal lawyer in <laughs> town. <laughs> I went to Harry Brown. He's close oh, to the parole boy.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Give your lawyer a $1,000, and he'll take care of everything. It's a pretty stiff payoff for you, Mrs. Stephenson, (laughs) but it's the only sure way to get a parole for Carl. Don't cry. If these guys give you any trouble, you call on me. I finished my parole and got my discharge, and I'd love to see them squirm. Sincerely, Frank Ramsey. (laughs) Now, this is just what I need, Lorelei. Now, I think I'm going to make things hum. Yes, Mr. Wilson. Uh, get me the Fulton State Penitentiary. I want to talk to Warden Langford. <laughs>
8: Mrs. Stephenson, you're worn out. Don't worry. Oh, no, Oh, uh, Lorelei. Uh, oh 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 perhaps you'd better God.
1: drive her home.
3: Yes, of course. Now,
1: don't you worry, Mrs. Stephenson. We'll have that boy of yours back home and soon.
3: <laughs> oh, you're a fine man, Mr. Oh, Mr. now. <laughs> I can't find words <laughs> to face you. Oh, now, you.
1: Don't, don't try. Uh, now, hurry back, Lorelei. We have things to do. Yes,
3: Steve. Come, Mrs. Stephenson. Warden Langford
1: on the phone, Mr. Wilson. Hello, Warden. This is Wilson of the press. Oh, oh, thanks. I'm all right physically. But mentally, I'm a little foggy. I want you to straighten out some things for me. What? Oh, swell. Well, how soon can you be in my office? In two hours? Well, that's fine. I'll wait for you. Warden Langford, what I want to know is this. Just between you and me, what do you think of the parole board?
0: Well, Steve, you know how some parole boards are. Now, now, don't you worry. I'm not going to print this. What do you think?
1: can a guy buy a parole out of that hotel of yours?
0: Steve, just between us, I wouldn't be surprised. What can I do? After all, I'm only the warden. My job is to run the prison the best way I know how. And that's just what I try to do. I try to get the boys that I think deserve a breakup before the board they get turned down, well, it isn't my fault. The board sees fit to release a man that I know is bad clear through, well, my hands are tied. I make my recommendations and the board does what it pleases. Well, thank you, Warden. That's plain talk and that's what I want. Of course,
1: I'm uh, taking it for granted that you don't like to see the tinny boys and Beringer on the outside. Steve... Those men ought to live
0: with me the rest of their natural lives. Yes, and I'm also taking
1: it for granted that there are men in there that you think have paid their debt to society and are ready to go out into the world, but uh, they haven't got the money or the influence to get by the parole board.
0: All right, Steve.
1: Well, Warden, I'm working on a story right now that's going to bring this whole nasty business right out into the open. I've got some information that's pure dynamite but I've uh, got to sell it to the public in the right way. You know, uh, color it, dramatize it. I'll do anything in the world to help you. Now, look here. All you have to do is lock me up in a cell with a prisoner named Carl Stephenson.
0: Mm. You'll have to go through the whole routine, Steve. Let me tell you it isn't any fun. No, but it'll make great copy. Okay, Steve, but remember, you asked for it.
1: Uh, sorry to keep you waiting, Lorelai, but you may not know, but the man who just walked out of here was Warden Langford.
8: Oh, is he going to let Carl Stephenson out?
1: <laughs> if I had time, Lorelai, I'd be charmed all over again by that wide-eyed innocence of yours. But I haven't got time. Now, this isn't a fairy tale. This is a penitentiary we're talking about. I just made a deal with the warden. Tomorrow morning, I changed my name. The new moniker is Butch Buffum.
8: Why, Steve.
1: And that's not all. I changed my address. My new residence is the Fulton State Penitentiary, known to us boys as the Stir. Do
8: you mean you're really going into the penitentiary as mm-hmm. an inmate?
1: Right as rain, Curly Locks. As Butch Buffon, number 4713, I'm going to get a human interest story to end all human interest stories. And we'll blast the parole board along with it.
8: Well, don't I get in on the plot? What can <laughs> I do?
1: Ah, plenty. Now, look here. Mrs. Stevenson left that letter here. Yes. I'm taking it with me. You contact this man who wrote this letter, Frank Ramsey, Mm -hmm. and have him in the warden's office when the parole board convenes on Friday at 2 o'clock.
8: Oh, what do I tell him?
1: You tell him it's worth $1,000, and that I'll guarantee him that he won't get into trouble.
8: All right, Steve, I'll have him there.
1: Lorelei, in my checkered career, I've been threatened with prison many times. But today, I'm walking through those Bastille doors of my own free will to that castle of lost hopes and spent yesterday's on top of the hill. Fulton State Penitentiary.
7: (laughs) In just a moment, we shall continue with Big Town, starring Edward G. Robinson
5: with Claire Trevor. Yeah, all in front of a studio audience there, Lisa. This was, you know, on a big stage and at CBS with a full orchestra. The actors were probably in suit the men were in suits the women in gowns and it was a big event to right.
6: it is totally different when there's a, a live studio audience, sure no question
5: yeah and they were and this was exactly what you just said live i mean there was a control you know the director in the control booth and he's like you know he's giving them right you know directions like you like, do to
6: me yeah, like hurry <laughs> hurry hurry <laughs> you know? let's go Anyway, I, and we heard a little flub there,
5: too. Oh, yeah. This is great. The Parole Racket Exposure. Big Town, November 30th, 1937. Starring two big stars, Edward G. Robinson and Claire Trevor. We'll get back to it in just a moment.
3: I'm <laughs>
5: Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute radio rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815 900 7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815 900 7535. That's 815 900 7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered, and National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful, conservative opinion when it matters most. National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive To their benefactors' and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will as well. So, if you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage... Lisa's going to tell you how you can check it all out for yourself.
6: That's right. Now you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood.
5: All right, Lisa. We are tuning into Big Town, but I do want to remind all of our listeners that uh, if you have not tried Me's Meals as yet, you are missing out. Now, don't miss out. Special offer, 50% off your first order. Try the most incredible meal delivery service you've ever, ever heard of or seen or experienced. Me's Meals, M-E-E-Z, meals.com. We tell everyone about it, and everyone that does try it lets us know how much they love it. And um, this is really something we hope you out there in Radioland will try. They deliver to just about everywhere in the United States of America. Lisa and I and Mike, we get it every single week. And every week they have new items for you to check out. So uh, if you went last week, you can go this week and see all new things. Um, I ordered, let me think. I ordered a uh, oh you like a a shrimp shrimp a
6: shrimp and pasta. pasta. Dish. I can't seem to open what the menu you at get? the moment. I got uh, udon noodles with a Thai sauce and a lot of vegetables, like a vegetable yeah. Thai dish. And Mike got uh, chicken quesadillas. Yeah,
5: uh, well, but
6: that menu is up right now. So if you're interested in ordering, it is going to be up for the next few days. Yeah, and um, we get our meals delivered on Mondays, and I really appreciate that. Every week, I choose the meals that I want, and I can customize them to my particular dietary preferences.
5: yeah, it's it's incredible. It takes about twenty minutes to uh, to prepare the meals. They come. Everything you need comes in the packaging. And it's all, you know, it's all in like baggies and everything. It's really, it's really... it's like
6: cleaned oh, and measured yeah. and prepped and chopped and whatever it is ready to go. There's a recipe card that has specific instructions on what to do. And, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, you have a gourmet home-cooked meal for your family. And it's a lot of fun to make it. And if you want to make it with your kids or your husband, your wife, that's sort of part of the fun part of the process as well. It makes cooking... Fun and easy.
5: It sure does. And it is really easy to make the meals. I'll tell you, delicious. Super, super good. And then, you know, the other cool thing about Me's Meals is I'm getting things that I would not order or, you know, make myself. This is These are like really just awesome different dinners that you can try each and every week. So go to their website, Me's Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Make sure you use the promo code CARL at checkout because you will save 50% the first time you try Mez Meals. It's a great offer, and you should you should all try
6: it. I'll also mention there are some delicious desserts on there as oh, well. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, my gosh. They have that that,
5: that chocolate cake.
6: <laughs> that molten chocolate oh, cake. There's gluten-free brownies. Oh, my gosh. There's great stuff.
5: It's unbelievable, <laughs> folks. So check it out, Me's Meals, M-E-E-Z-Meals.com. Use promo code CARL at checkout. Save 50% off. We're listening to Big Town, starring Edward G. Robinson and Claire Trevor. Let's go back to November 30th, 1937 for the conclusion.
7: We return now to Big Town. It is 4 o'clock that same afternoon. We find Steve Wilson, alias Butch Buffum in the Fulton State Penitentiary in Warden Langford's office. Behind closed doors, Steve and the warden discuss plans for Steve's temporary imprisonment in the penitentiary.
0: The illustrated press will never forget this service, Warden. Well, I've got everything set now, Steve. I'm putting you in the cell with young Carl Stephenson. From now on, you're Butch Buffum, number 4713. And good luck to you. Thank you.
2: You bust me, Warden?
0: Yes, Joe. Take number 4713 through. Yeah, right away. Bunk him in cell 32, Corridor B.
2: Yes, Warden.
0: Hey, you. Come on.
2: Where are we going? Get a nice photograph of you to send home to the folks. You know, on a postal card. Having a wonderful time. Wish you were here.
1: I look This may be funny to you, but it gives me a pain in my neck.
2: Well, when you're all through, we'll get our masseurs to take the pain out of your neck. All right, in here, you. Oh, hello, Charlie. Hello, Joe. Got a new number. Give him the works. Yeah. What's your name? His name's Butch. Butch Buffin. What's your number? 4713. All right, now sit down in that chair, Butch. Now uh, quit shoving, will you? That's a good boy. All right, now look into that camera. Hold your head straight. That's it. All right, now, Butchie, if you're a good boy, you can have that picture to send home to your best girl. <laughs>
1: yeah, wise guy, ain't you? Well, you're here and I'm here. But you got the rod and the authority, but you just wait Oh, you'll I... get even, huh? <laughs> well, Plenty. we'll
2: see you in solitary before you're here a week. In the meantime, we'll just get you dressed for the part. Come on. Come on. This is Tony Grisado, barber, first-class scalper.
7: <laughs> yeah, Tony
2: will take good care of you. He's a lifer. Oh, you
1: read about him. Cut his sweetheart's throat. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so long, bud. Goodbye, Scroll. Hey, Tony, he's a wise guy, ain't he? And you know, I could take a guy like that with a toothpick. Yeah, but with a gun and a job, but they're always the stronger guys. Turn your head. Yeah? One time loser, buddy? No, twice, Tony. Yeah? No, the uh, Wyoming pen. Uh, I hear that's a tougher start. <laughs> oh, plenty. Yeah. It's a snapper here. Yeah, come to think of it, you're right. They sprang that fellow uh Beringer last parole, didn't they? Ah, uh, that the parole aboard. Plenty of subsisters. I would have given that guy Beringer life. He's uh, making my whole family poor. Is that so? Sure. Yeah, but this is easy, sir. You get anything you hear from a deck of snow to a pot. Ah, go on, you're kidding. Me. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Here comes to the screw. All your head is straight. Yeah, wait a minute. What are you digging, ditches? Say that's a head. A uh, tough guy, huh? Well, tough enough for you, Barbara. Now you may be that's the racer. Are
2: you through, Tony? Sure. Should I give him a shampoo? huh? <laughs> sure. And a face massage. He's bunking with that screwball kid Stephenson. We got to show the gentleman to his apartment. Come on. <laughs> 6374, his roommate for you. Hope you like him. All right, get in there, Butch. Ah,
1: no, quit shoving, will you? If
2: you don't like your suite, we'll change it for one with a shower.
1: Yeah, someday I'm gonna get a chance to wisecrack you out of a job, Screw. Okay, Tuffy. The boys will be waiting. Please. Yeah, well, give him my regards. Yeah, he's not kidding either. I know. They'll frame you, and solitary's
9: no fun. Now, uh, wait a minute. My name is Butch Buffin. What's yours? Oh, what's the difference? Nobody knows you here by anything but a number. Same thing to you, my name was Stephenson.
1: You talk like you was a lifer. Might just as well be. Been here two years. Probably never get out. Well, how about a parole? Say, you're too old to believe in Santa Claus. (laughs) Maybe you're right. You know, I still believe that little red riding hood's grandmother ate the wolf. (laughs) If you aren't loaded with dough somewhere on the outside, you'll do full time and like it. Well, anyone can make an application to the parole board, can't they? Sure, but anyone can't make them parole you. Say, you'll make me call for a firing squad if you don't quit. Call it.
9: If you have any hopes of beating the parole board in this big house without cash, you'll need a firing squad. Well, did you try? Yeah, twice. The new warden tried once. Well, then. No dice. That warden Langford seems to be a regular guy. Oh, sure, but he ain't got a chance with those high binders. You sound like a three-time loser. Thanks for the compliment. But I'm not going to lose again. When I get out of here, I'll make public enemies number one, two, and three look like minus signs. Ah, go on, you nuts. I am nuts. That's for listening to a lot of con from a D.A. to confess and make it light for myself. Well, what'd you do? I did what my boss told me to do, change some figures on some books.
1: Well, didn't you know that that would win you home up on the river?
9: No, I thought my boss was honest. And here's the payoff, Butch. Two weeks ago, the boss rolled out of here on parole. Yeah? And I'm still here and probably be here for years and years and never get well,
1: out. Who, who, who was this boss of yours? Beringer. You know him. Who doesn't? You mean that guy that took over all those working stiffs? Yeah, uh, yeah. Those suckers, huh? That's for all guy. their savings in dough. Now, wait a minute, that's what I call a wise guy. You know, I like to put in with a soft-touch guy like that. Shut up, shut up, I tell
9: you. I did solitary for that guy, and I'll do solitary for okay, you. Okay, I'll okay, let it go it my I, what is? I didn't know he took it. took me, took me, I'll say he took me. He took every dime my mother and I had saved to put in his rotten company. And here I sit doing his time, serving out the sentence he should be doing. Just because he took the money he stole from me and my mother and the rest of those poor fools and bought himself a parole. I'll get out of here someday, and when I do, I'll kill that guy. I'll choke him with my bare hands. Lay off, kid, lay lay off. I'll choke him slow, but I can't get even, do you hear me? I can't get even! I can't get even! Shut that punk up! What's the matter with Mama's boy? I can't torture him enough to repay him for the torture he's caused me. I can't get even! You, know,
1: you better calm down, kid. You'll get in a jam. I can't
9: get even with him, ever. I can't get even with him. Oh, shut up, man. That kid's all right. How can they keep me here? How can they keep me here? Here comes a screw. Shut up, you guys. Shut up!
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, listen, punk. One more
2: yap out of you and you go on report. You stir a simple jaspers get this. The next guy in this cell block that opens his kisser misses his next three meals. You heard
9: me. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you. I heard you. I heard
8: you. Well, Warden, where's Steve? Why doesn't he come?
0: No, no, please be patient, Miss Lorelai. I've sent for him, and he'll be here any minute.
8: Oh, I wish he'd come. What does he look like? The
0: same as ever, except for a prison haircut. He's he's well. Of course he's well. <laughs> he's only been here three days.
8: It seemed longer than that to me.
0: Well, that must be Steve now. Come in. Here's Buffalo Warden. Okay, Smith. You can go.
8: Steve, what have they done to your hair? <laughs> uh, hello,
1: Curly Lark. Hello, Warden.
0: Hello, Steve. Hope everything was all right.
8: Oh, Steve, this is Frank Ramsey.
0: Uh, how are you, Ramsey? Well, that depends. I'm not choosy about what I do for a grand, Mr. Wilson, but I don't get the anger.
8: I didn't have a chance to tell him anything, Steve. Just located him this morning.
1: Well, I'll make it short and sweet, Ramsey. You get that $1,000 for going into this board meeting and telling the august members how you bought your parole out of this penitentiary. You think I'm crazy? I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Now, now, don't worry. This is on the level. Ask the warden. We know the whole story. You gave Harry Brown $1,000 and he paid it out of the parole board to get you out. All I want you to do is to tell the parole board that. And I'll add another $500 to the kitty if you write an article about it for my paper. Say, with $1,500, bucks, I could get to South America. Ah, you're getting smart now. And I'll arrange for your passport. I always wanted to see that parole board told what a bunch of rotten, dirty, double-crossing oh, rats sure. They are. Sure, well, here's your chance. Is it a go? Lead me to them.
8: Steve, I don't know if you'll need this, but I checked the reports on crimes committed by men on parole. It's all right here. Well,
1: good girl, Lorelei. Thanks, Steve. And when this is over, I'll buy you a
0: rose to wear in your hair.
8: Oh, that's more than you could wear right now.
0: <laughs> oh, Steve, don't forget that dope I gave you on the Barringer parole case. That'll put the fear of God into it. Uh, don't you worry, warden.
1: I won't forget that. Well, I think we have our ammunition ready.
0: Will you escort us to the parole board, warden? All ready. They're meeting now in the room right across the hall. Good.
1: Now, Lorelei, I want you and Ramsey to wait with the warden right outside the door. And when I want Ramsey, I'll call for him. All right, Steve. Tear him to pieces. Right, trust me, Lorelei. Oh, and don't forget, Ramsey, When I yell for you, come in quickly.
0: Count on me. Good. Let's go, Warden. Uh-huh.
1: you do, uh, gentlemen of the parole board? What are you doing in here? Convict without a guard. Where's the warden? Now, now, don't get excited, gentlemen. Don't get excited. I just dropped in for a chat. Well, of all the infernal chiefs, get him out of here. Now, wait a minute. I'm Steve Wilson, managing editor of the Illustrated Press. Take a good look at me.
3: Steve Wilson? Yes,
1: that's right. You remember me. I'm the guy that accused you all of murder in my editorial.
9: Wilson, what are you doing here in convicts' clothes?
1: Oh, I just came down here to get a little local atmosphere. Yes, and I've got it. Tomorrow morning's Illustrated Press is going to carry a human interest story, and you gentlemen are going to find yourself prominently displayed as the illustration. What are you talking
0: about? What's the meaning of this? Gentlemen,
1: I've been an inmate in this penitentiary for three days, and I've learned a great many things. I've proved to my satisfaction that you're betraying a great trust.
3: Wilson, you're a scoundrel.
1: Thank you, sir. Then if I am a scoundrel, I shall have no trouble in obtaining a pardon from your honorable ward. Even this President Beringer of the Big Town Building and Loan Society did at your last meeting. Why,
0: what do you mean? Well,
1: I'm quite a wealthy man. I may not be able to match what the Tinny Boys or Mr. Beringer paid off, Gee, but, ones. gentlemen, <laughs> what I like in cash, I make up in influence.
2: Are you accusing us of taking bribes? <clears throat> well, that's <clears throat> Well, the
1: truth is always a good defense. You mean to sit there and tell me that you can't buy a parole out of this penitentiary? You're talking like a crazy man, Wilson. Of course you can't. Now, wait a minute. Ramsey. Coming. Of course, it's not that I doubt the word of any of you gentlemen, but uh, here's a guy that bought a parole from you. Come up here, Ramsey. Right,
0: Mr. Wilson. Why, this is preposterous.
1: Ramsey, tell me, what were you in this penitentiary for the last time?
0: Automobile theft, one to ten.
1: How much time did you do? Eight months. All right, how'd you get out? Cost me a grand for a parole. Who got the payoff money? I gave it to my lawyer, Harry Brown. Yes, and what did Brown do with it? He passed it on to the right politicians, and they handled the parole for me. hmm How long were you in the pen after you paid Brown the dough? I was sprung at the next meeting of the parole board. Will you swear to that in court? Any court in the world, Mr. Wilson. That's all, Ramsey. Wait outside. Okay. What are you trying to prove, Wilson? I've got all the proof I want. Gentlemen, I'm in the driver's seat now, and you're going to do what I tell you. I have here a list of the crimes committed in the last year by prisoners paroled by this board. Uh, Heading the list of 16 murders. You are morally responsible for every one of them. I'm going to print that list tomorrow. I'm also going to print a signed story by Frank Ramsey telling all the details of how he has purchased three paroles from this Honorable Assembly. Now, just a minute. The same issue is going to carry the story of Berenger. Yes, Berenger, who made a million dollars swindling the widows, the working people, the small investors of the state. ...serves a short sentence and goes free... ...with your certification that he has seen the light... ...and is now fit to associate with decent people again. Well, you don't Yes, Beringer, who is responsible for a score of suicides... hundreds of wrecked homes, millions of shattered dreams... ...goes free,
3: Hell while yeah. his
1: dupe, a poor know. kid named Carl Stepperson... ...who lost every dime he had in the world... ...through investing it with Beringer's company... ...stays in the pen and can't even get a consideration... ...of his application Why for a brawl. You, don't know what you're you are guilty of a great crime there, gentlemen... The crime of making a bitter, hardened hater of men out of a fine, clean kid. I'm going to print this story tomorrow, too. Why, well, you're you not picking enough to, to swing say, this. Gentlemen, and get it straight. If you don't want that issue to go out, there are just two things for you to do. One of them is to grant a parole for the immediate release of Carl Stephenson. The other one is to hand me your signed resignations within the next 24 hours. Resignation? The verdict rests with you. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs>
8: Is the jury still out, Steve?
1: Yes, but no matter which way they decide, Lorelai, you can bet your sweet life that we'll blow the lid right off this town within the next 60 minutes.
8: Which headline are you betting on, Steve?
1: Hello? Yes, yeah, Steve Wilson speaking. What? Yes? Go on. Is that so? Well, well, thanks.
8: What is it, Steve? What happened? Tell me.
1: Well, here's your answer, Lorelai. Listen. Press room? That's you, McNeil? Well, here's what you've been waiting for. Stephenson Boy, parole. Parole board resigns. Let him roll.
7: That brings down the curtain on tonight's episode of Big Town. ...starting Edward G. Robinson with Claire Trevor... ...and presented by the makers of Rinso, ...America's biggest-selling package soap. Tonight's story was not intended to be a reflection... ...on the parole boards of this country... ...which are doing a difficult job to the best of their ability. Before I tell you about next week's show... ...I want to ask this question. Do you envy the early birds in your neighborhood? The women whose clothes are first on the line Monday morning? Well, if you'll ask them their secret... Chances are they'll tell you it's because they use Rinso. This new improved granulated soap saves hours of time. It does away with all hard scrubbing and boiling. Gets your clothes immaculately clean and sweet-smelling simply by soaking. Often as little as 10 minutes is enough. Yet when your clothes are rinsed and hung on the line, you'll find they're a miracle of whiteness. Colors too take on new life, for rinseau is kind to colors. In a recent test, colorful cotton prints were washed 125 times in Rinseau suds and came out bright as sunlight. So remember, for better, quicker, easier wash day results, always use the new improved Rinseau. Order a big box tomorrow. Next week at this same time, Edward G. Robinson with Claire Trevor bring us the next episode of the dramatic expose, Big Town, exposing the racetrack payoff racket. Attention listeners in eastern and central time zones. For entertainment in a lighter vein, keep your dials tuned to the Al Jolson Show to follow immediately. Al Jolson has for his special guest that famous international comedian, Beatrice Lilly. For the benefit of our listeners in the mountain and coast time zones, the Al Jolson program will be broadcast at the usual time. 9.30 Mountain Time, and 8.30 Pacific Coast Time. The orchestra on this program was conducted by Phil Oman. Carlton Cadell speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
5: That is Big Town, November thirtieth, 1937. The Parole Racket Exposure. That's program seven in the series. CBS broadcast starring Edward G. Robinson along with Claire Trevor. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. Here
6: is a song that was released in 1991 that I'm sure that you're familiar with.
5: That's Michael Jackson. That
6: sure is. I say you know the artist. You know the title too? Black and white. There you go. Black black or white. Okay. Black or white, Michael Jackson from his album Dangerous peaked at number one on the charts in 1991. It's a good tune. Yeah, makes you want to dance right in your feet.
5: If I could.
6: If <laughs> you could. <laughs> if <laughs> i didn't have two left it's feet. like elaine from seinfeld <laughs> yeah, she's better than me oh i don't know
5: <laughs> all right thanks lisa Wolf. Sure. more of hollywood 360 after this short break more hollywood
0: 360 after these important messages
5: and now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All righty. In our next hour, Jack Benny welcomes his guest, Frankie Fontaine, on the Jack Benny program from 1950+. plus. We'll play... Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition, right, Lisa? That's right. We've
6: got some Kelly Clarkson songs and statements, and all of these statements are real or ridiculous. Let's see how you do. And if
5: I get them all right, you have to buy me dinner. That's right. And if I get them all wrong, you, you buy to... me dinner. No. <laughs> is that how
6: no. it works? And if you buy dinner, I'm going to say it's going to be really expensive.
5: All right. See you soon.